Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you are a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. We're here tonight to talk about Hell House LLC. Yes, because even though the spooky season is over, we're still spooky. We're never done being spooky. Yeah, we we actually get more spooky because we have to make up for the void of spookiness on the part of other people who are beginning to celebrate Christmas already. I I mean, you know, live your life. Yeah, you do you. (laughs) But we shoulder a great burden. Right, so come here for your um, horror movie discussions. Yeah. To escape the carols playing in the stores. I know. <laughs> we will always be here talking about death and dismemberment and mayhem and ghosts Blood. and ghouls and demons and evil. Orphans. Orphans. <laughs> Priests. I'm, no, I'm joking. Um, I think it was um, on Parks and Rec and... Who's April was mm-hmm. like, like blood, blood yeah. orphans, and then um, <laughs> when they're listing the things yeah, for their Halloween all the party, and Andy's like, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> She's just saying like random weird things. Yeah, um, yeah. So this came out in twenty fifteen. Yes, twenty fifteen. So um, I'm excited to talk about it. But before we dive into any of that, what's new? We have to do what's new with. You, I guess, I haven't talked to your face in a while. <laughs> my, so. my actual face. I've You've talked, talked to to, to other things, like my toe that's Aww. broken. <laughs> or every time you every come time. here, something's ailing you. <laughs> yeah, no, I I like to take our listeners on journeys of pain and discovery with me. And uh, bruises. Yep, this and is lung minor collapses. compared to my ass bruise from last year and my recent lung collapse. But I did have a chair fall on my pinky toe today. And um, the toenail is purple. Ooh. It, it may it may not make it. Um, <laughs> it's was, like you're done with horror, not so fast. <laughs> not Your toenail so is coming right off. <laughs> <laughs> Picture it. Picture it. And then scream. <laughs> scream until you you're fall like, asleep. Oh, I can't even. Ew. <laughs> um, yeah, but other than that, um, I actually have been watching um, Follow the House of Usher. <gasps> Yes, That's, I I just did a rewatch of the the series finale because I, <laughs> I didn't really disclose this, but I kind of fell. I had had a few big three or four yeah, glasses of wine, and then been I kind there. of drifted off. Don't really remember how um, it ends. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I remember liking it, but the, I just needed a quick quick rewatch because it was like super late for me, a yeah. teacher. I was like, oh, so um, did not disappoint. So yeah. I hope you're liking it so far. Definitely, we're um. I think we just started the last um, episode, The Raven, because um, anybody that hasn't seen it, that each of the episodes is named after a different Poe 
short story mm-hmm. or poem. There's tons um, of Poe references. So many. So, like, huge, yeah. huge. I had no idea um, when I started um, until I start. I started. I mean, I know a little bit. I wouldn't call myself a super fan, a Poe super fan. Um, but if I started noticing, like, here and there, I'm like, wait a minute, like, recognizing this name or that stor- story element. Yeah. Um, and then finally, like, I looked at the episode titles and realized that, like, there was, it was, it's a gold mine for a, you know, a super fan all the easter eggs um for anybody that knows a lot about poe and um tom has been watching it with me my um non-horror fan husband who is starting to tolerate more horror um he hasn't so he hasn't seen any of mike flanagan's other series but he has watched gerald's game Mm -hmm. and um dr sleep amazing Yeah, yeah that one too so um you know, he has a little bit of exposure to to Mike Flanagan's work, and I figured that in terms of the miniseries, even though I still feel like um, House um, House on Haunted, not House on Haunted Hill, The Haunting of Hill House um, is my favorite of his miniseries. Mm-hmm. I thought that um, the fact that we're big Succession fans, um, yeah. and Tom loves Succession, that yeah. like that little um, elemental connection with the plot of Follow the House of Usher, that yeah. um, that but, might hook him yeah. in. Yeah, because it's like a very prominent big family yeah it's like the business world mm -hmm. and um the the intrigue that goes with um high business and the shitty stuff that people do to make money and um the the real like cutthroat behaviors amongst um people in the business world and siblings yeah and siblings so yeah (laughs) it's it's kind of like spooky succession yeah (laughs) a little bit that's how i kind of referenced um uh, Hill House is um, a spooky. This is us. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Like this is us. Like we're the family. We have all these all sorts of problems, but you know, and it's like I mean, uh, our problems are dead spooky. people. And <laughs> you're spooky. Yeah. Um, I love that uh, series. I hope you enjoy the yeah. Yeah. How it ends. It's it's really good. So yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, that's other than school and, you know, we're getting report cards done. Meredith, I know she just said hers are due on Monday, mine are due next Wednesday. So, you know, that's work has been a little bit busier for that. But that's kind of it. What's new with you? Uh, We actually did a rewatch of um, Midnight Mass. Uh Victor and I, we've been because we I love that show. It's so good. Do you like that better than Haunting Haunting of Hill House? I mean, I love Haunting of Hill House. It holds a special place in my heart mm-hmm. i also had victor watch it he watched the whole thing and he's like i kind of rank it on the lower part of really the lower, lower part he's like i still liked it yeah but um midnight mass is tops for probably yeah. Do we all agree that bly manor is the bottom <laughs> yeah i mean i i enjoyed it but yeah. um midnight mass is just so amazing and i think the actor who plays the pre have you watched yes like? yeah so the uh, the actor who plays the priest hamish i can't for- i forgot his last name but he just really tethers that that show to just yeah skyrocket he's, he's, in he's my pretty rankings. um transfixing yes and he was just so amazing and so we rewatched it again and it's not a huge time suck i want to say it's like a three and a half hour i mean it's like two movies back to back that yeah. you could just like watch oh, it was that so. few episodes i want to say maybe eight the, but the... i could be misremembering we were able to watch it pretty quickly oh, okay. um the whole the whole thing and um so we kind of wanted to revisit it because of uh, 
the fall of the House of Usher, the guy who plays young Roderick is played. He's mm-hmm. one of the main characters, and yeah. and he uses a lot of the same actors throughout. Yes, in, in many projects, so it's really be, fun to um, rewatch. The Lenore character in Fall of the House of Usher is Little Abra from Doctor Sleep. Yes, yeah, and I think also she's in the Midnight Club or something. I watched. The other series you did, it was more geared towards teenagers. Oh, really? Um, but I, I watched it when I like I was sick with COVID and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was fun. It was based on um, the series of books that okay. are kind of a little bit spooky, but kind of fun. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, it was canceled. I know they wanted to go further with it, but it, they mm-hmm. it didn't make it. But a lot of the actors in Fall of the House of Usher are, is from that, too. Okay. That, that show. So yeah. it might be worth a watch, but it's not... I wouldn't say it's really of the caliber of the other shows yeah. we're talking about. But Well, and um, now we see yeah. with Follow the House of Usher, we know that that's the, the end of Mike Flanagan's contract, development contract with Netflix. And now yeah. he's got a new one with Amazon? No. Uh, yes. Apple? Victor said it was Amazon, I think. Amazon. Um, um, and and yeah. a lot of them are Stephen King projects, which yeah. is I'm super, super excited so, for. I mean, he really did Jail's Game... He took that the uh, source material and really mm-hmm. did amazing things with it. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be really Yeah, we're going to really see fun, see so. more and more great stuff from him. So my What's New With You turned into a Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan fan gush, girl. Gush fan girl. Gush <laughs> Aside from that, just, you know, report cards. And I got him. It always takes me about six to seven hours to knock them all out, to write all my comments, to go over everything. And um I hate doing it because it feels like I'm writing a term paper and I put it off, put it off, put it off. And then yeah. I just do that for a good chunk of the day and then I can get it done. But yeah. it always feels like the anvil is waiting above my head mm-hmm. until I get it done. And mm-hmm. then I can be re- ready for my, um, I have conferences start on mon- Monday. I'm going to do yeah. like 25. Oof. So I'm. Yeah. See, that's what I like. A, we do. I, I'm always tired because I'm just talking, talking, talking. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. We always do our conferences like halfway through the first trimester so that it's like if the kids aren't doing well, like we can communicate with the parents about it in a, at a time where they could potentially pivot before the first report card comes out. Yeah. Like set goals. Yeah. Like I can't imagine having to prepare for conferences and finalize report cards like all in the same couple of weeks. Like that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. You're like, yep, I can confirm that it does. That's, uh, that's about it. So no. I get it done. I'm glad I'm going to go into work probably tomorrow or the next day and get them all printed and ready to go. And yeah, um, yeah the um, life of a teacher. But then we have Thanksgiving break. So yeah, I'm looking forward nice. to that. But um, So you did the synopsis. Yes. Hell House. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Yeah, so. I'm a big fan. Um, I had actually just rewatched it just for fun um, before we picked it uh, to do on this episode. So now I've watched it twice, like in the past week or so. Um, and before that, I, I think I'd watched it two or three times. Um, I just I love it. I think it's so great. Um, so hopefully any of our uh, listeners that watched it also enjoyed it and they don't um, they're not mad at me for picking it. <laughs> they're like, what a piece of crap. Um, like, let's I think, hear her talk shit about it. <laughs> well, I remember th- watching it and being like, where did this even come from? Yeah. And like kind of out of nowhere. Yes. And being like, oh, well, you know, what could it hurt? I'll just turn it on. And mm-hmm. I think I was running my elliptical or something. Uh-huh. And I was like, What's the, what, the, what the crap is this? So I turned it on and I was like, 
oh, I have to finish this. Like, I was all sweaty <laughs> and sitting on my bed, like, watching, like, transfix. Like, I need to see how this ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely looks like one of those kind of throwaway horror movies that are, you know, yeah. all over the streaming services and everything. But if mm-hmm. you just happened to click on it, you would be really surprised, I think, of how good it was, at least my opinion. But yeah. it... Yeah. Um, it is a documentary style-ish. Um, like I said last time, um, we considered it for our uh, found footage um, themed summer, but never got to it. Yeah, it would have been a great ad, but yeah. anyway, we're doing it now. So. Now we are. So stop complaining. <laughs> stop with the crap. <laughs> so um, it opens with text on the screen that says, What you are about to see is a documentary on the mysterious events surrounding the 2009 Halloween Haunted House tour tragedy. Then there's handheld camera footage of a young woman exploring the exterior of a dilapidated building and clips of several interviews alluding to events at the Abaddon Hotel. News footage indicates a, quote, opening night disaster, including multiple deaths at the Hell House Haunted Attraction. Uh, Then we have a text on the screen again. On October 8th, 2009, a Halloween haunted house opened its doors in Abaddon, New York, a small town just outside New York City in Rockland County. Um, And then it says a video shot by a tour goer was uploaded to YouTube. It captured the scene inside as chaos broke out. So now we have more handheld footage showing a line of people progressing through the halls and rooms of a haunted house. Uh, Someone in a creepy clown costume passes them in a hurry going the opposite direction. And then another girl in street clothes runs past them next uh, through a restricted door. Um, Then the people, you know, the tour goers taking the video arrive at the top of the basement stairs and are confronted with a panicked mob trying to come back up the stairs out of the basement. And there's chaos as everyone flees. Then we hear audio of a 911 call from inside the house and see photos that a reporter broke in and took showing blood smears. Uh, The unifying theme of all the reports is that no one knows what actually happened. Yeah. And they mentioned like a gas leak or other like potential things that cause yeah, the police this are saying this or the thing. police won't say anything and um so then there's more text on the screen sarah hovel a member of hell house reached out to documentarian diane graves and agreed to an interview at a hotel near abaddon she has not been heard from since the tragedy sarah so sarah responds vaguely to the question of where she's been since um, the, the incident. Then she offers Diane a bag of tapes that weren't given to the police that she says document everything that happened. And she's, so she's like really spooky. She's like clearly traumatized. She's uh, kind of looks almost um, sedated or subdued. Like she's, she's not kind doing of good. I a little bit. Yeah. Like but she is, she is not, oh. um, not chipper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so then the text on screen says the hell house footage, August 23rd to October 8th, 2009. Um, so there's more handheld footage of the car ride to Abaddon showing the hell house team that consists of Sarah, who we've just seen her boyfriend, Alex, who's kind of the leader of the, of the company. And then Paul, Tony and Mac. Um, and then it shows their arrival at the hotel that they've leased for the project. Uh, they walk through the hotel. It is a freaking terrifying, totally mm-hmm. abandoned, no power. And this, part like I didn't take a lot of notes on this part of them walking through the house but it was just basically at one point they make the point that it's like our our work's already done here kind of yeah because it's just full of creepy ass old ass dusty you know like creepy paintings and spooky bullshit and out-of-tune piano and like all this stuff like they don't even need to decorate it just walking through it is like it's already set up to be a haunted house 
Yeah, and the opening scene with them driving and having a fun time reminded me a little bit of Blair Witch Project, bit, where yeah. they're like driving and they're like light, light chipper, like we're just going to do a project. And you're like, are you? <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> um, anyway, so they, you know, are you know, kind of taking a once over of the hotel. Alex is pretty pumped about the condition and um, what they're finding in there. Um, he, you know, that it's going to make the the haunted house really successful. Um, and then the footage walking through the hotel at one point freezes on one frame as the group passes a, an open um, the open door to a bedroom and it shows a tall hooded figure lurking in the corner that they don't notice at the time but it gets caught on the footage yeah um, they plot to use the basement as the culmination of the haunted house tour because the basement is already bedazzled with pentagrams and filled with ratty bibles mm-hmm. <laughs> like why why wouldn't it be Perfect. It's already, ha- it's already has some light 1980s Satanism. <laughs> right? We have to do so little here. Just rake in the money. Yeah. Um, so now we're back to Sarah's interview, and she says that after they got the power turned on at the hotel, they all started staying overnight, and that's when things started to change. Um, so the footage, it says the footage began August 23rd. So they were there for like a month and a half, basically, getting everything ready and getting it all set up. And so um, over the course of that time is is when things got weird for the team. Because that's a long period of time to yeah. have been there um, before they actually opened the haunted house in October. Right, yeah. Um, but to get, the, like, infested. Yeah, exactly, in exactly. Psyche, mind, whatever. So um, we do see footage of a cheerful evening they have over growlers. Um, the team is reminiscing about previous projects. Um, and then the successful initiation of the bank of cameras for every room. So they have, like, the one big screen with all the squares on it showing a camera feed from, like, almost every room in the house. Um, which, obviously, that's the kind of thing that takes a long time for them to set up. That's why they have so much lead time for this haunted house. Um, Paul, who's the character who's usually behind the camera, um, records himself cheekily playing the old piano with this creepy dummy. Um, later, he's complaining that Alex won't, quote, share Alex's girlfriend, Sarah. So he's kind of kind of douchey. Mm-hmm. Um, but then during Paul's monologue to camera in his bedroom, we see uh, over his shoulder, Sarah walk into the dark room behind him. And when he turns and notices, she just turns and silently walks out. So he's like, or was it Sarah? Mm, he thinks it was. So we assume it was. But, but regardless, it was weird. Um, so returning to our reporter, Diane. Um, oh, no, no. It's one of the other um, one of the other research sources that Diane had talked to, um, who was another reporter. He shares that he got one cop to speak to him about what happened. And he learned that the first body they found in Hell House when the police went in was one of the he just says one of the actors um, and that his throat was cut and it appeared to be self-inflicted. Um, so back to the actual Hell House self-footage. The actors are, um, start arriving to play the live parts in the program. Melissa is one who is slated to play the damsel in distress tied up in the basement. Um, and Joey is assigned to be in the creepy clown suit down there with her to protect her if any of the guests get, as they called it, rapey. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get fresh with that. <laughs> yeah. We got a creepy clown. It will kick you out. Yeah. He's like the little bouncer down there. Yeah. Um, so, but then the reporter refers to the quote, very sad case of Joey who made it out alive that night, um, that everything happened at the hotel, but then text on the screen says, uh, authorities tried to talk to Joey Scheffler in the wake of the tragedy, but he refused to talk about what he saw in the hotel. Nine days later, he was found dead in his bedroom. He hanged himself. 
Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, shit. So he made it out, but then he killed himself. Yeah, something something happened to him. Yeah. Um, and then Melissa also shares when she's, um, you know, getting to know the Hell House team and talking to Alex that the, um, the rumor that exists that the hotel is haunted and the owner hanged himself after lots of weird stuff happened. So that's all she has to contribute. But she's like a local from the area. And so she's telling him like, well, yeah, you know, there's there's rumors about this about this hotel. And this is some of the stuff that people say. Yeah. Um, and Alex is very dismissive of it. Like, no, no, no. I mean, it's just rumors. It's just rumors. Like, it doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. Um, so then, mm. uh, mm. yeah, Suspects. or does it? Hmm. I mean, Alex is, it definitely is the, the lady doth protest too much, uh, with his responses to stuff like, he's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Just, just, just shut up. Just shut up. He's like, shh, 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 <laughs> you don't need to talk about that. Um, so now the other interview subjects fill us in on the pre-Hell House history of the Abaddon Hotel. They say that legend said Andrew Tully built the hotel in the town because in some versions of the Bible, Abaddon is the name of the demon that guards the gateway to hell. And Tully was a Satanist. Um, so then a young girl and her mother disappeared after checking into the hotel, but Tully was cleared um, of any wrongdoing because they couldn't prove anything. Um, but there were still suspicions. And a few months later, um, after that, uh, Tully hanged himself in the the dining room and that was in 1989 so it's weird because you get this feeling like all of this bad these bad stories and everything were a long time ago but it's like you know he hanged himself in 89 that's really yeah, not that long ago not that long i mean that's you know that's like 10 years ago right uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yeah no <laughs> nobody nobody talk about that um, so now we're back to the Hell House footage. There are three creepy, creepy clown mannequins down in the basement. And Matt comments that the mask on one of them is so great, like so scary, that it shouldn't be wasted on a dummy that doesn't move. Uh, work and preparations in the house continue. Um, Paul walks through the house and he finds Mac um, just sitting reading. And he says that Alex and Sarah went to town. So Paul is looking for the remaining member of the team, Tony. Um, so that would be the only person left in the house. Uh, Paul walks through, walks through, comes to the top of the basement stairs and is startled by the clown with the creepiest mask standing there looking downward. So naturally, uh, Paul thinks that it's Tony. Um, so, you know, Paul swings the camera down the stairs uh, to see, you know, what are you looking at? But then when he's, the camera swings back to the clown, the clown's head is turned toward him. Uh, and Paul like jumps, but he laughs and he's like saying, you got me because he thinks that, you know, this is Tony. And then he heads back the way he came only to find Tony back with Mac where he had seen Mac originally. Mm-hmm. So he's like, wait, what the fuck? What the fuck? So he uh, runs back to where he was and the dummy is gone and it's back in place in the basement where mm-hmm. it had been previously. So Paul is like totally hysterical. He makes all the group watch the footage playback, um, but they all just kind of assume that Paul's messing with them, that it's just like a yeah. prank. They're like, that's a funny joke. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not joking. Yeah, but he's joking. one of those guys. It's just like, you know, they he's- talk about oh, you know, remember when he did this or remember when he did that? Like, he's just kind of a, like, not a douche, but, you know. He's a cheeky little bugger. Yeah, like, he's somebody <laughs> that you would totally think would, like, try and pull a prank. Like, yeah. you know, he's, an, he's not a stu- super stand-up guy. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, okay, sure. Way to go, Paul. And he's like, take your top off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That wasn't me and the dummy. <laughs> 
Um, <clears throat> so next, Paul is recording a test walkthrough of the um, haunted house route. But he's, he's recording the opening hallway. So just the very first hallway uh, in the strobing lights. He sees the appearance and disappearance of figures uh, beyond the dummies that they've set up. Um, so he's like, you know, the strobe is flashing on and he's seeing like these creepy figures that they've set up. He calls them like the freaks. Like, how many freaks do we put in here? But then some like the light will flash on and there'll be like an extra freak yeah, there and, it's and then moving it'll be toward gone. him yeah as like the flashing happens and he's like what the heck what the heck you know what the hell get out of here yeah so he starts panicking again um and then you know the group is arguing but alex keeps rejecting the concerns like again alex is just like no no everything's fine like you guys there's nothing wrong it's totally cool it's like you're just being a little scamp yeah you little stinker um, so at night, Paul wakes up, grabs the camera um, to discover the clown dummy is standing at the base of the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mac also comes out um, and they go down and find that it is just the dummy. And uh, Mac moves it. They're going to take it back where it belongs. But on their way through the downstairs, they see Sarah standing in the dark, facing a wall and muttering. And when they go to her, she snaps out of her trance and is terrified. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they turn around and see that the dummy is gone from where Mac had set it down. Yeah. Um, so they're like, bah! and they look for it. Um, but instead, they find the dining room like totally lit with a chiming clock that is not one of their gags. Um, and as they run, the dummy has reappeared. They race past it and back to their room. So like now all three of them are having an experience that it's like, OK, we can't really explain this. Like this isn't Paul pranking us. Paul is with us. Like, how is this happening? Who is doing this? Like this is they're Like, it's not OK. Yeah, this is very suspect yeah. situation. Um, so next, Paul wakes in the night um, and the camera shows behind him. Oh, my God, this is this might be like one of the scariest scenes for me. Mm-hmm. Um, sitting on the floor propped up against the wall is this like gray faced woman in this white gown. And he's like waking up and the camera's pointing at her face and she's behind him. So he doesn't know that she's there, doesn't see her. Um, And then when he does spot her, he like dives under the covers with the camera. His first peek out shows that her head is turned toward him and she's looking at him. Um, And then he goes back under the and it's like, you know, that hyperventilating, like really loud breathing of him just panicking and losing his shit underneath the sheets um, for like a minute. And then his next peek shows her starting to move toward him like across the room and then the final time he looks out she is right there like in his face and then there's a struggle and screams mm-hmm. and that like that whole sequence like every time he looks out and sees like how she's moved what she's doing it's so I think it's so so scary and she has like these white creepy eyes yeah like those like fake contacts you can get mm-hmm. like yeah oh my god yeah I think that's a really really scary scene um, so you're like, oh, my God, what happened to Paul? Right. So next, uh, Tony is finding the camera in Paul's empty room. You're like, oh, my God, Paul. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the team's arguing about whether Paul just took off or if something's wrong. They call his phone. Um, but when the ringing stops, a horrible electronic sound blares out of the line. Um, and now it's night again. And Tony and Mac are awoken by the piano playing the tune that Paul had played earlier. So it's like, oh, OK, Paul's back. So the guys head down, and as soon as they get into the parlor, the music stops and no one is there. Um, Then they hear noises elsewhere and follow them to the basement. And as they look, the heads of the clown dummies turn, then are turned back. So, like, all of this is just these guys observing for themselves more unexplainable stuff. Um, But, of course, in in this instance... um, It's uh, I think it's Mac doesn't see the clown heads turn and Tony does. Um, 
But then now they find Paul sitting propped against the basement wall, silent and disoriented. Um, And Tony tries to convince Alex that they should stop. They should stop the whole project, like that something is wrong with Paul, is wrong with the hotel. He's turned the dummy's heads turned. But Mac doesn't back him up because Mac didn't actually see it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Tony tries to quit the project. He's like, fine, like if you're not going to pull a plug on this, like I'm out. Um, but Mac convinces him to just listen to something, quote, he needs to hear, which we don't hear as the camera cuts. Mm-hmm. But when it um, when it cuts back in, Tony is just like completely devastated about whatever Mac has just told him. And uh, what he says, quote, they knew and didn't tell him. Um, and whatever it is that uh, Tony's just found out, Paul and Sarah supposedly don't know. And Tony decides to stay. So there's some information that Tony, Mac and Alex all know that Paul and Sarah don't. Um, that is somehow related to the phenomenon that they're experiencing. Them having to stay. Yeah. Um, OK, so it's opening night. It's finally opening night. Um, Paul is still out of commission. Alex is acting super weird. Um, There's a long line waiting outside to get in. In the basement, Melissa is handcuffed and half-dressed. Joey is in the clown suit, you know, situated to keep an eye (laughs) on her. Don't be (laughs) Um, Alex and Tony are stationed at the screen of camera feeds. Mac is positioned downstairs, hidden along the route, and they begin admitting visitors. Uh, Suddenly, Sarah pops into Mac's hiding place and says she just saw Paul, who we last observed passed out in bed and like then he wasn't emerging from his bedroom at all like just under the cover sleeping the whole time yeah exactly but now sarah says she just saw him like in in the house but like not can not catatonic right he, that's what he was before yeah um and then uh max sees joey in his clown costume past them headed out of the hotel so that's obviously what we saw on the youtube footage that the tour goer um took that we saw yeah. at the beginning. And they're like, what the hell? He's put, where, yeah, that's that supposed to happen. Is this part going? of the show? Um, so Max sends Sarah upstairs to talk to the other guys. Um, and now they start folding in some other visitor footage that's different from the v- video that we saw at the beginning. Um, and we notice that as they walk through the bar area on the route, Paul is sitting in a dark corner, just kind of like, you know, out of the way. Um, but then he's disappeared as the camera swings back past the same spot. Um, as guests get into the basement, we see Melissa screaming for help, you know, because she's like handcuffed with her hands up above her head and her shirt all torn and everything like she's supposed to be screaming for help. But she's yelling, this isn't part of the show. And there's a dark hooded figure in the corner of the basement. And then we see Joey jump up from his position and flee the basement. Um, and then the panicked rush from the basement begins um, and the camera catches now two dark hooded figures approaching Melissa. Um, so this is all the stuff that was go- that started going on in the basement that caused all of the tour goers to start running out. Mm-hmm. The ruckus. The ruckus. Has started. Yeah. So we're getting like slightly more, like as the story goes on and it unfolds, they're giving us bits and pieces of more information that we're putting together as, you know, as we, the viewer, are like discovering what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mac tries to help the screaming guests get out, but then he's suddenly locked inside the, the hotel. The door closes and he can't get it open. So he leads some of the remaining guests to the only other exit, which is the one through the basement. Um, all sorts of spooks are glimpsed in this rushed footage. Um, but then ending up barred from the basement, Mac heads up the main stairs just as Sarah's coming down. And then she turns and they both end up in the attic where they find Alex hanging from a noose. And they're suddenly surrounded by a group of hooded figures. So like four Mm -hmm. or five of them all of a sudden. 
Um, and then, you know, the there's uh, like a kind of panicked rush of movement and the camera falls and we see Alex's feet swinging. Um, but we don't really see what happens on that yeah. footage. It's very it's very like I said um, earlier, um, Blair Witch. Yes. Kind of moment mm-hmm. where they're in the attic and or whatever that room was and then the camera falls and you have to kind of guess. And that's the guessing is scarier than probably what you would see. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So now it's back to interview Sarah. So Sarah um, on camera talking to Diane. And she says that she came down from the attic and was rushed away by the police. Diane questions if anything happened between the attic and the door. And Sarah says no. Uh, Then she claims fatigue and asks to take a break. Um, She says she has a room at the hotel to see and she just needs like an hour. Um, But then Sarah urges Diane to get inside the hotel. She's like, I really think that you should see it. I think you should get inside. Um... And despite Diane's statement that their efforts have been blocked, Sarah's like, is that all that's stopping you? I really think you should get inside. Um, And so then Sarah leaves and uh, we hear Diane talking to her colleagues. She convinces one of them to bust into the hotel with her. She's like, it's 5 a.m. There's nobody there. Like, who cares? And then the other colleague is going to stay and finish watching the footage that Sarah had brought to them. Mm -hmm. Um, As Diane leaves the hotel, the hotel they're, they're at, she tries to leave a message for Sarah with the desk clerk who tells her, hey, there is no room to see at our hotel. And we don't have anyone registered under the name Sarah. Mm -hmm. So they're like, huh. Well, that's silly. Anyway, let's go. That's bonkers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what are you going to do? And they go. (laughs) Off we go. Um, Okay, so after they've gone, the uh, colleague that stayed behind watching the footage sees this. Um, after the last piece of footage we saw in the attic, a hysterical Sarah picks up the handheld camera and she's walking through the house. She passes a hooded figure. She meets the catatonic Paul. Uh, he takes the camera and attacks her. And we see her laying on the floor, choking to death on her own blood. Uh, then there's the sound of approaching footsteps and she's dragged away. Uh, then Paul takes a piece of glass, um, cuts his own throat and dies. And so Paul is the one that the officer referred to earlier when he talked to the reporter that said the first body they found was an actor who looked like he'd cut his own throat. Mm -hmm. So now we know that was Paul. We also know that Paul attacked Sarah Mm -hmm. um, after she came down from the attic, even though she told Diane, like, no, no, nothing happened. Came to the attic and straight to the cops. No big deal. Yeah. And Paul was kind of in the way of the door, but he was like, he didn't seem like he was blocking or even menacing. He just looked like he was standing there. Yeah. And she stopped to, like, get, embrace him and be like, yeah. oh, my gosh, thank God you're okay. And then yeah. he, like, attacked her. Right. So it was super um, surprising yeah. for Kinda her. Yeah, kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we're back with Diane at the Abaddon Hotel. So she and her colleague are breaking in. She is totally pumped at, like, everything she's seeing inside. Like, she's like, oh, my God, look at this. Look at this. This is that part on the video. This is where that thing happened. But her pal refuses to go down in the basement with her. Mm-hmm. She's like, he's like, fuck that. <laughs> um, but you do see, like, on his footage, like, handprints on the steps from the basement, like, pointed, mm-hmm. like, upward. Like, somebody was crawling out of the basement. And, and that's why he's seeing, like, the blood on the walls and everything. He's like, nope, nope. <laughs> Not today, Satan. <laughs> He's like, that's funny. You can go. You, you go. You're, you're silly. Go you're silly. Have fun. I'll, I'll keep watch up here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, at this point, Diane gets a call on her cell phone from the colleague back watching the tapes, but doesn't pick up. Maybe she should have. 
Nah. Nah. <laughs> this is fine. It's fine. She'll, you know, I want to see what happens to her. Right? <laughs> what, what's um, going on with you, Bozo? <laughs> Let's see what happens. Okay. So they head upstairs um, to the second uh, floor and they find <gasps> room to see. Mm-hmm. What? Um, that it is bolted. Again, the colleague is like, don't open that. And Diane's like, what? Of course, well, this is what we're here for. She's um, like, hello? Knock, knock, knock. Yeah. I'm Housekeeping? Here. I'm here. <laughs> so she unbolts the door and inside they see Sarah sitting on the bed facing away from them uh, they approach her she's like Sarah um, Sarah turns around and her face is like hugely lacerated um, like like it was when we saw Paul attacking her on the on the video she has um, kind of like a weird grim, like grin kind yeah. of but yeah. it's, it's not she's good just, she's like it's not good. Hi, hey, you. Not what you want to see. How's it going? Well, uh, the camera swings away from Sarah, but when it returns, she's st- Sarah's standing alongside two of the dark hooded figures who advance as the footage is distorted. Um, and then when um, footage clears again, the room is empty and quiet until the piano begins to play again downstairs. Yeah, it's like do 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 do. She's like little little, little, little ditty. creepy tune. Uh huh. Um, and then text on screen says, "To this day, the tragedy at the Abaddon Hotel remains a mystery to the public." Mm-hmm. The end. The end. The end. Meredith, did you think Hell House LLC was scary? Um, there's some parts that made me nervous. Yeah, for sure. Did like any of them make your stomach hurt? Um, no. But no? I, I think the part, well, no, the part that I really enjoyed was when, like you mentioned, where What's His Bucket was filming and then suddenly that woman was in his oh, room. Oh, Paul, yeah. Yeah, and um, also, like, the random, like, dummies moving. Yes. Yeah. Which is so scary. And, and you think, that could totally happen. Mm-hmm. Dummies could just kill me at any moment. <laughs> Death is lurking around Death every corner. Lurking. But also, I think part of it that I really enjoyed was like, I could, that could easily be me, like in a situation where I'm going to a haunted house and things go awry. Yeah. And uh, there are some parts of it that seem realistic, like the, like the storming out and the, the getting caught in the crossfire of people frenzied and trying mm-hmm. to get out of a, a haunted house, like attraction of some kind. Yeah. So it seemed kind of partially, oh, that could actually happen, you know, like the, hysterics Mm -hmm. and the fighting for your life thing or or being in a bad situation but then also that was so creative that all whole um you know that these kind of young people you know taking their making their own way and having a business where they they're making haunted house attractions and and what do you do when there really is something going on but you kind of want to keep pushing through and hope hope it'll be okay so i mean i love it i think it's great and um I've watched it, I think, probably five or six times. Yeah. It's, it's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then poor Sarah, uh-huh. you know. Poor just, Sarah. She's being... She's just a little bit possessed. Just a little. Just a smidge. Yeah. Some yeah. M- mild possession, mild case of possession. Yeah. And it was just like, it's it was, the budget was so low and it's done, and it was so smart. And um, yeah, I, t- I think it was really fun. So, I mean, did you think it was scary? Absolutely. I really, I really do. Like I said, I've, I've seen it probably four or five times now. And it's one of those where if I am watching it at night with the lights out, like I'm going to, I'm going to get legit creeped out. It yeah. really, and like you say, the, the dummies moving around, like particularly that one clown dummy with like the, the scariest clown mask. It's a little bit like, um, kind of terrifier ish. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, just like white, uh, white skin, no hair. 
and really kind of minimal makeup, but there's just something about the mask that is really, really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that dummy just, you know, you never see it move, mm-hmm. but just appearing and disappearing and showing up in different places. Um, I, I find that extremely scary, like very, very creepy. Yeah. Um, and I think that like, like you were saying, the, the possibility of something like this, like a tragedy like this really happening, even if, you know, you don't believe in the devil, the devil's not real. There aren't really people, you know, um, there could actually be Satanists, even if the devil's not real, there can still be people that believe that it it is and are acting in that manner. Um, but the chaos that could happen in a haunted house setting, like if you, the more successful you are as someone who's producing a haunted house experience, like you're kind of increasing the actual danger that people could be in based on how human beings naturally respond to really feeling threatened. So if it, it, like the more real the threat or the, the fear is for your visitors, the more it opens the way for possibly something like this, where people like panicking, you know, like the, what is it, the Who concert, you know, like the mm-hmm. stampedes and people getting yeah. crushed to death. Like actual tragedy yeah. of some kind happening. Um, and it makes me think about, you know, the haunted house that we've gone to a couple of times, the Fear Overload um, yeah. company that, you know, does these pop-ups in like abandoned mall spaces. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're you know, fun, scary They just seem like there's some straight up carnies that came here. For and they're real. like, I'm sure this is safe. And you're like... Okay. <laughs> if you say so, give me that flickering flashlight. Yeah. Um, but you wonder, like, you know, obviously, you if you spent more money, you could make something scarier. Um, you, if you have, like, really, really brilliant creative minds working on it, you could make something scarier. But how scary can you make it before it actually would become dangerous? Mm-hmm. Um, because especially one thing that, like... It's kind of secondary to the things about Hell House that, you know, defy belief. But how would you you would have to have some sort of insurance coverage Mm -hmm. to put on a a haunted house program like this? Well, I think that when you buy tickets like that, there's also like huge disclaimer waiver things at the bottom. And you're like, by clicking this, you're not... No one's at fault. Yeah. And you're like, sure, I'm, I'll breathe in asbestos. It's fine. Yeah. And then I'll just... But even <laughs> so, back. like, the if this were a real thing that, you know, these people, evidently, it's like LLC. Like, this is a registered business. They've been doing this for multiple years because they're reminiscing about, like, previous sites and locations that they've done it at. Um, like, you, w- you would need to carry insurance coverage. And I'm sure that, like, the ones that we've been to now in the real world world do Mm -hmm. um to protect themselves um not against you know necessarily lawsuits from visitors but just you know the the risk the the injury or you know um fire or anything well we were there once i think weren't we when someone was having like an attack of some like a panic attack and they had to be like pulled oh, that aside. Way, no that was um or was when we went really... to Winchester House and that yeah. girl w- that was so so high maintenance and like she's like I don't like this and we're like just go then and I already <laughs> fucking hated her because she was like 
She was like six feet tall and like crazy heels. And every time we moved into a room, she would like walk to the front and stand in front of everybody. And so you couldn't fucking like see what the little spooky tour guide was like talking about or doing. I'd be like, bitch, you know, you're tall. Get in the back. <laughs> and then she had, yeah, she had like She's a full like, no, on panic I'm attack. To face my fears. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing, like in Winchester House and, and in these other ones too, if you're looking, there are lots of exits along the route. Mm-hmm. You know, well, so that's that, a very high, high, high brow, like very organization company. Organized. Yeah. Because it's actually a historical landmark with actually like. Oh, Winchester. Yeah. But, but fear, uh, the Fear Overload place does too. Oh, has right. like yeah. exits along the route and it's for yeah. safety. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure that yeah. all of that is something that is regulated, that they're, you know, have to they have certain boxes they have to check in order to, you know, get their lease agreement with the space and operate, you know, within the bounds of whatever their insurance will cover and all that stuff. So obviously, like all of that was not in play at, at Hell House. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I did watch the other two movies. And oh, yeah. A, I haven't seen them. How th- were they? There's the two and then there's another one. Which I so there's three, <laughs> right? But it just came out on Shutter. I want to say last year, or I can't remember. But I haven't watched it yet. But I would. Um, I think it just expanded the story. So did you watch the second one? No. At all? So Mm-mm. the second one, it just kind of continues the story, and they have more like found footage stuff, like where someone uploads stuff on Facebook. Or like I'm about to like a kid. I think wasn't uh, it, it was the same characters, wasn't it? No, it's like random other people. Like I'm about to bust into the, the old like abandoned where they had the Hound and Haas tragedy, the Avenue Hotel, you know, for all my followers, wish me luck, and then like never heard from again. Or no shit. um, like a couple, like they they break in and then they're found, like once someone's found like later wandering the streets, and um, it's like a weird kind of. Bermuda Triangle feel situation. Okay, so like have amnesia and they don't remember how well, they got yeah, there. Or or, um, or they are never heard from again. Mm-hmm. So there's like a news crew or something. They go in. There's like a world famous, but not really like locally known famous psychic. He goes and he's like, he's the first to go because he's a huge douche. <laughs> and then um, the people who are trying to look into it, they go missing or like they're, they're killed. And I can't remember really what happened i kind of was doing laundry and stuff, but um so then the main like the news anchor woman who's trying to like get down to the bottom of this she was giving an interview kind of like sarah but like to the police mm-hmm. and when you see her face she's she's not alive kind of so there she's like you need to come in you know come to the hotel and investigate she's yeah. trying like, you're the creeping whole purpose, me out right now <laughs> the whole purpose is to like get more people there yeah yeah oh yeah yeah so it's a hungry, hungry it's hotel. It's a hungry place, and, and the gates of hell essentially have opened. And mm-hmm. it's like, there, it's it. The intrigue is luring people in there. Mm-hmm. So then, the third movie, there's like a kind of Elon Musk type Mark Zuckerberg guy who's like super, super wealthy. The uh, hotel was about to be demolished, but he like swooped in and he had this. He has this huge production company that produces like. Um, plays and stuff but Mm -hmm. like highbrow really good stuff and some reason he chose this site to have a play and he hired these actors and um they're being paid like so much money and um this investigative journalist she's like in all along for the ride and she's like why did you pick this place and he's like well you know there's just so much history yada yada but he kind of avoids the question a little bit Uh and he also had had a in the past like few years had a very um close call with death like he was in a horrible accident and he has like a big huge scar on his face so then 
as the movie progresses, like the actors, of course, are dealing with creepy stuff. One or two like leaves the production. They're like, I'm out of here because mm-hmm. what they saw was so like scary for yeah. them. So they're like, I'm not coming back. And then um, the gates of hell again open. They open their play and so many people die. And, you know, a lot of horrible things happen. And, um, oh, I forgot, but in the second movie, the there's a guy who is kind of debating the what's happening at the um, at this hotel, and he is a quote unquote member of a public or I can't remember on the city council or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it turns out he's the guy who hung himself, oh. who owned the hotel. Yeah, but like he's like an entity of some kind. Mm. So he's like full on like evil, horrible person so he makes an appearance back and he's like hi you know um it's we, a me, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> so like he manifests back in the hotel and he goes like head to head with this 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 elon musk kind of guy i forget i forget i think he's i can't remember his name but um like the entrepreneur like very very wealthy guy mm-hmm. so they kind of go head to head and um but before that even like the night before he tells this this investigative journalist is like don't come don't come to this opening and she's like why not and then um it's later she finds out through like her reporting that he has like liquidated all of his assets and everything's being donated to charity so Ooh. he knows something is going to go the down end of the road for him yes so in the end i'm just going to spoil it <laughs> um he f- goes head to head with this evil Man, the this cult leader guy who hung okay. himself, but yeah. like re Tully, I think, yeah, yeah, manifested himself, and he is not really who he is anymore. He's like an angel of some kind, and he manages to close this portal to hell. Aww. So, and it's all like captured on like found footage, right? In a way, and then um, in the last closing scene of the third one, it has the original characters from Hell House LLC. They show up again, but they're not like bloody and possessed. They're who they are, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh my gosh, we got to get out of here!" But they can't leave, okay. so they're like, "Well, I guess we have to exist like the yeah. rest of our lives." Haunted, um, trapped ghosts. We're ghosts, but no longer like you know minions of Satan or whatever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of like kind of feeling of like a Hill House kind of situation. Okay, where they yeah. just have to exist in this other plane. On, on in the hotel, but like not kind of luring anybody or hurting anyone anymore. And okay. that's the end of that. But I haven't seen the um, fourth one. But yeah. I mean, it was interesting. The acting was not great, but it seemed no. like a fun story. So were either of the other ones like anywhere near as good as the first one? Um, the second one was kind of meh. The third one was kind of fun. Like I think it wrapped up everything pretty well. Okay. So I wouldn't say like. It's amazing, and but there were some scary moments for sure. And then I guess that that was the the overarching like the storyline. Um, I think that's sort of where that was meant to go. Yeah, like the the first movie, but then it was really interesting that it was um, so successful, and they were able to make the subsequent movies. Yeah. So I don't think they really expected that. So. Yeah, well, and it's like, like you say, making the comparison with the Blair Witch Project, like, um, obviously Blair Witch, the ending of that was way more ambiguous than the ending of this. But mm-hmm. this one did have kind of that same spirit of 
um, we don't know what happened. Like, it's not explained. We just have this footage and we can see that like shit went down, but we don't really know and we don't really understand. Mm -hmm. Um, And so leaving it unanswered, obviously, um, we've said too many times to count that that's like this scarier option Mm -hmm. rather than having everything explained and tied, tied up with a neat little bow. Yeah, but it did um, what you were describing did remind me of a couple of other things. One was um, there was this great episode of uh, Law and Order SVU a while back um, that was uh, this company was putting on this like immersive, dramatic um, show that like, you know, the guests all like when you came in, you were handed this like. Um, like a masquerade mask, but they were like all these different animal shapes or whatever. So that like nobody knew who you were. And then you walked through this like um, thing that was set up to be the seven deadly sins or whatever, or something or the set. I don't know if it was Dante's Inferno or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I think it was Dante's Inferno. Um, But the, you know, there were actors in there like portraying or demonstrating like these different elements of hell or whatever. And then of course, like one of them is about a woman being ravaged and then now naturally something happens and the actress in that portion of the show actually does get assaulted. And so then the SVT SU team has to come in and find out like, how did you know it wasn't a, it wasn't part of the show and like all this Mm -hmm. stuff, because like the, the end of the first hell house when, you know, she's screaming and she's like screaming, this isn't part of the show. This isn't part of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, wouldn't that, be what you would want her to scream if you were trying to be as scary as possible and make your guests think that what's happening is real. Yeah. You know, so they're not going to they're not going to believe it. Um, And then the other thing is, I'm pretty sure it was you that sent me that reel of, um, you know, the haunted houses in the south. I don't remember. Were you the one that sent me that? Where it was like this this woman talking about like her first experience, like something. <gasps> yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, that was me. <laughs> where, you know, she had a, a friend who went to like a different church than her. And so the friend asked her if she wanted to go. And what did they call it? It wasn't called a haunted house. It was, it was called, like a, called Hell House. It was something like Hell House or This is Hell or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. And like, but basically, yeah, like every, every room you went through was like a different sin um, that you could commit being portrayed and then the last room like Jesus was there and he like asked you if there was anything that you wanted to confess so it was like you know because it's a very like fundamental Christian thing to reject Halloween and not celebrate it because they believe that it's glorifying the devil yeah Um, they had different rooms like one where they're like drinking Bartles and James or something or like or like super drunk and, <laughs> and like, another one where happens. they're like get, a too girl's much. getting groped over her bra <laughs> <laughs> this is gluttony yeah or, <laughs> um yeah and so it's all about like oh we're gonna take this concept from you know people who celebrate Halloween and we're gonna um you know use it as a tool to uh cont- like further indoctrinate our teenagers Deterring? into this uh Christian yeah. fear. Deterring bad things. Yeah, the naughtiness. Uh-huh. The naughtiness. Um, so, yeah, I mean, haunted houses can go in a lot of different directions. <laughs> There's so many, so many things. Yeah, it's a, it's a very uh, useful and versatile tool in our society, in our culture. <laughs> <laughs> There's one that was like a haunted house for introverts and it's like, where are my hugs at? And yeah. different things. I'm like, yeah. ah! Yeah, yes. I saw, that's um, terrible. It was like a batch of tweets from this one person, and and all of them started with a haunted house, but it's just, and then it was like all of these like different endings to that sentence, and one of them was it's a haunted a haunted house, but it's just um, people you knew in high school asking you if you're ready to be your own boss. 
Like, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. There's so many. We're like a haunted house where you have to try people's casseroles. I'm like, ew. Sounds yeah. terrible. Yeah. But like just all of the like uncomfortable, horrible, like everyday scenarios that people end up in and it's I like chit chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Awkwardly watching your child's sports game. Oh my god! And you're yeah. like, Ugh. So, I mean, how's it going? This is great. Oh, did you get your haircut? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I also drink water. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So, I think that. I mean, I'm going to check out the fourth movie. We'll see how it goes. Um, like I said, it's it's fun to watch. Just like put it on when you're doing laundry. Or yeah, something. that's things I probably will never yeah. bother to check in on any of the sequels because I would I would probably just always want to put the first one on again. You can always um, there's one found flicks and he always does a really good just synopsis. Is that on YouTube? Uh, yeah, okay. it's like 15 20 minutes mm-hmm. and he does a really good job and I enjoy watching a lot of on a lot of his stuff when I need like a refresher. I'm like, oh, I just watched it like last week or yeah, maybe yeah. two weeks ago, but let me just you know yeah. um, refresh myself. Good and, rack. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think what are we doing next time? Ah, uh, yes. So our next our next episode will be our Thanksgiving episode, and this year we're going a little different because we've done the previous years. We've done your next. We've done the invitation. Yeah. Um, and uh, we were looking for other Thanksgiving or family dinner themed horror movies to use, but there weren't really any jumping out at us. And there is a horror movie called Thanksgiving coming out this year, but it's not coming out until, you know, no- late November. Yeah. Um, so we so, have a chance to actually yeah. watch it in time. So if it's so. good, maybe we'll do it next year. Yeah. Um, but this year we are actually going to bring a double feature for yeah. this episode um, mm-hmm. to personal favorites. Constantine from and, 2005. Uh, the Devil's Advocate. From 1997. From 1997, yeah. So the as you can see, the unifying uh, theme here is Keanu Reeves, which gave me my horrible joke I made earlier <laughs> that it won't be a Thanksgiving feast because Keanu Reeves is such a snack. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've never it. seen Constantine, um, oh, and so I'll be watching that, but I know that it's one of Meredith and Victor's favorites, um, so we'll be checking in on that, and then Devil's Advocate is a beloved, beloved uh, horror-themed drama thriller type thing that I've seen many yeah. times. It's so, so good. Yeah. I mean, let me quickly say, Constantine, I, I don't feel like it's a... It's not like a elevated horror kind no, of movie. No, it's more... It's, isn't it like action-ish? It's very... Well, I think... Horror-themed action? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a superhero-y... Okay. But, you know, anti-hero, mm-hmm. but like troubled person, and and Keanu Reeves plays like um, this this guy who gets rid of demons, and mm-hmm. so it's it's a fun one, and I yeah. it's one of the best portrayals of Lucifer ever. Yeah. So I hope I hope you and at least like that part. If yeah. you think it's the rest is trash, at least I hope you like this one part, <laughs> which is okay. amazing. Good. Good to know. Good There's to my. Know little spiel (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so um if you haven't ever seen either of those or you saw them when they came out and you need a refresher check those out ahead of our next episode yeah close to 30 years ago you know devil's advocate came out yeah Yeah, let's not talk about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah when i think 30 years i think like oh that's like 
you know, you know elementary 70s. school. Seventies. <laughs> Before I was born. No. Nope. Nope. That's impossible sure wasn't. now that I'm 40. Sure wasn't. That's 30 years ago was high school. In the 90s. Oh, <laughs> that's whatever. Um, anyway, good discussion, and I'm excited to talk about these movies next yeah, time. I think it'll be a good one. Um, so have a good whatever fall uh, beginning of november if you people if you're already if you're already celebrating christmas uh if you're hanging on to thanksgiving first you do you but enjoy it yeah all right bye bye